This program is part of the Infinite Potato Alliance. Visit us at infinitepotato.com. I'm Jared Stern. I think people should listen because we're desperate for attention right now. (laughs) I'm also Jared Stern. This is what I like to call an exercise in benign narcissism. And you're Between Two Sterns. Hello, Jared, my old friend. How's it going, buddy? It's going well. How's it going with you? Um, it's it's going all right. I am I am decompressing. I feel after what sixty eight of these guys at this point, I can tell how you are based solely off of your ums. How's it going, buddy? Um, I was like, okay, there's a little something behind that um. Yeah, my uh, my mother in law just left, so I am. The world is decompressing. Gotcha. No, no, I, I, I think that I think I could piece that together. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's mother-in-law specific. I've realized that as I've gotten older and older, I cannot express the joy that I feel when somebody cancels plans on me last minute. The, <laughs> the, the amount, I mean, I I don't think I like anything enough anymore <laughs> that if somebody were like, hey man, uh, I'm just so sorry, I'm gonna have to cancel. I, I went from having to do something to doing absolutely nothing. Well, I certainly hope that this podcast doesn't qualify uh, well, under those parameters. Well, no, because I can do that from the comfort of my own home. Oh, I, mean, I see. You don't have to travel anywhere correct. to do this. I I'm see. talking more about the... Tra- well, well here's, here's a good question. If you're in a hangout scenario with someone, are you more comfortable if they come over to your space or if you go over to theirs? Uh, I would say if they come over to my space... See, this is where we yeah. differ because I can control when the when the hangout ends if I'm in their space. Oh yeah, you can just say yeah, peace out, sure. But I'm too accommodating to ever ever ask somebody to leave. I mean, I like being on my own home turf. That's that, that's fair. That's my thing. I think it depends upon my comfort level. Like when I when I'm dating somebody, I prefer them coming over to my place because home turf advantage. I know where everything is. But if it's just like a general casual hangout. Then it's like, no, no, I'll go to yours because I, I could leave whenever I, whenever I don't want this thing. I think I mentioned this on the podcast before. Some of my very, very good friends I've never met in person. I play video games with them. And we have a very healthy relationship because if I ever need to, like, check out. Because, again, we've talked about this. I'm, it surprises people to know, but I'm an introvert. I, I, I use extroversion as a defense mechanism, but I like being able to control when, when, thing, when things end. I very much sure. do. There are certain things that I choose to do before we start. One of those is to minimize my text box because um, mm-hmm. I'm on a Mac and people text message, like they can text to iMessage and flipping my phone upside down. These are two mm-hmm. distractions I don't need when I'm choosing to focus on the most important person, somebody else with my name. Right. And and, and you're going to have two of those. Correct. On this particular show, because today or whenever you're listening to this, which I is guess it, would be, it would always today. be today, no matter when you're listening yeah, to it. <laughs> whatever one of the most important jared stearns that we've ever spoken to will be joining us once again on the show uh director jared stern director jared uh, stern back director in action dc super pets the movie opens this weekend uh and uh and yeah we're gonna have him on the show as, as part of the ma- you know the major promotional blitz that's been going on with this movie <laughs> he's doing the I, circuit he's coming on oh, our sure. show yeah he's he's, he's got it promoted <laughs> to dozens of people that's right uh, <laughs> Now, the movie comes out when officially? The 29th. The 29th? 
Are, are you going to take the little one to, to go see the movie? I'm going to make a big fucking spectacle out of this. I'm going to go to the AMC that's nestled right in the slowly decaying Salmon Run Mall, which is in Watertown, New York. Uh-huh. And I'm going to demand they let me see this movie for free as I am the director of the movie. Oh, sh- <laughs> I'm, I'm going to Karen the fuck out of this thing. Uh, how dare you charge me to see my, you should be thanking me for this film. Sometimes a lot of uh, actors will try to go and surreptitiously see the movie that they're in, in the theater. So they can, yeah. they can gauge the reaction from the crowd. And yeah, the director of the movie just happens to be in Watertown, New York. Why not? <laughs> Why wouldn't that be happening? I'm gonna I'm gonna explain to them you can direct animated features from anywhere. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Mountain time, it doesn't matter. And then sure. when I do see it, I, I'm 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 an adamant never turn your cell phone on in a theater person. I mean oh, okay. to 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 quote um must have been when I was doing theater. God, this is like 25 years ago. Uh, theater at Bucks County Playhouse. It's a line mm-hmm. that I'm sure has been used in thousands of theaters or venues, which is um, I'd like you to uh, take your cell phones and put them on silent because for the next two hours, you're just not that goddamn important. So, mm. but I do want to, I, I do, I may have to do one of those like flip the phone around and yeah. make one of those faces and like the little finger uh-huh. up towards the screen being like, hey, that's a uh, yeah. hey right there. So I might do one of those. Cool. Yeah. No, I I might try to do that. Yeah, why, was why not? Yeah. Why uh, not? Well, and, and and I'm not sure. Like, I don't want this to stop being special. I'm going to preface what I'm about to say by saying <laughs> this. Okay. I don't want this to stop being special, but I found another Jared Stern. Wow. I mean, I I think that this is our thing now. It's just collecting I mean, Jared Stearns. Eventually, we're going to run out. Eventually, there's going. We're either going to a run out of people that have that permutation of name or B I'm just, people are just not active enough on social media to recognize when I'm trying to send them a message. That's fair. They're just not going to come back to me anymore. So I don't want to, I don't want to kind of shoot our Jared Stern wad (laughs) all at once. We just had dancer Jared Stern. We had private investigator Jared Stern. We were, Uh, and obviously we're able to get these, these high profile Jared Stearns are happy to come back onto the show. And I think that's fantastic. And if this is, in fact, the arc of season four, where the multiverse just collapses and they all just appear on our lap, fantastic. Um, but I but I just don't want, I don't want to burn people out on it because we're like, oh, great, they're talking to another guy with their fucking name. How common is that? That's the fascinating thing. It's no, just kidding. I don't think we're going to get burnt out. I think it's just the beginning. I think we start, you and I, we do Jared Stern and Jared Stern on Double Dare, and then we evolve into Family (laughs) Feud, and Uh then we just keep assembling as many Jared Sterns as we can for whatever we can use it for. Well, at this point, we can start our own fucking baseball team and get so many of them. (laughs) It's true. It's true. But yeah, so I I have another one on the hook. Who's uh, this Jared Stern? This Jared Stern is a student at Stony Brook University, and he's studying clinical psychology. Of course. So I figured it'd be nice to have him on the show to diagnose what the fuck is going on between any of us. Fun fact, when I first went to college, my major and focus was going to be psychology. No kidding. Uh, now you can see how you could have turned out. In fact, to tie all of the Jared students we've talked about recently, I originally, I went to Kutztown University and the plan was to go into criminal psychology and hostage negotiation. Oh, holy shit. So you could have been the other Jared Stern. And the reason why I didn't was because... 
the class was at 8.30 in the morning. So I went to four of them. It was my freshman, it was my first semester, my freshman year, and my psychology class was at 8.30 in the morning. Uh, and I think I went to four classes over the course of the entire semester. Um, yeah. And so then I pivoted into theater arts, which has done very well for me. Hey, I think see. it's done fine. Sure. If I had, if I was any more successful, we wouldn't continue to meet Jared Stearns that were more successful than us. So, right, sure. I, I think we've set a nice baseline, yeah, for people to be easily above. And I think, from our point of view, it really positions us appropriately to judge those other Jared Stearns because if we were better than them, it would feel very obnoxious, like two superior Jared Stearns looking down. No, but no, really, this is, this is we're aspirational. The, we're yeah, the bottom no. of the barrel, looking upwards, ranking you guys. We got to figure out how to climb the ladder at this point. Yeah, we we, we want to see what could have been. That's what mm-hmm. this, that's what the whole point of this is. How old we, is this Jared? Is I mean, he younger I, than Dancer? I think he might be. Okay. Because he is still in college. Then so. to your point, they keep breeding these Jared Stearns. They keep putting them out there. <laughs> We've got two in college. He showed a genuine, like, so like I just go through and I follow people on, right. on, on Instagram or wherever. And I'm sure he saw that Jared Stern comedy followed him and was yeah. like, well, wait a second. That's and a good then, hook. Yeah. And then when he followed me back, I messaged him and then. So we went back and forth and I, I this kid has to do this. If you're a psychology major, how do you not go on a show with two other guys with your name who are talking to other people with your name? This is a thesis waiting to happen for him. For Christ's sakes, this could be the, the, the basis of his graduate work. Or his, um, what, what is it, his graduation project? Did you have a graduation po- project in high school? No, I, I was a communications major. And I no, 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 not graduated. in college. Not in college, in high school. Did you have to do a graduation project? Not that I'm aware of. Ooh, I'm, I, I've got enough time for the story before we get Jared in here. So in my high school, you had to do a graduation project in order to, stick with me, folks, graduate from high school. Yeah, about yeah. Um, and you could do it at any point. Our high school was three years. So elementary school was six years, junior high was three years, high school was three years. Anyway, I get into high school and they go, Jared, you got to do a graduation project. And I'm like, hopefully they'll get rid of it by the time I graduate. I was just trying (laughs) to run out the clock at that point. So I get to my senior year of high school, still haven't done a graduation project. Everybody's like, you got to do a graduation project. I'm taking a, um, like a TV production class. I still have this project on VHS. So my, my graduation project was on the stress that is put on students by the school district by forcing them to complete graduation projects. Wow. How while, well, very mad. I was very mad even in my youth by having them do this. Now, I had a teacher. He's passed away a number of years ago. Mr. Metzger. Metz, we called him. He was the uh, TV production uh, teacher in school, and mm-hmm. he was very much an alcoholic. He would cut class in, or school in the middle of the day. I would do my class with him. I had a one-on-one teacher study with him, and he would just let me stay in the studio and watch TV, and he'd go to the bar for an hour and drink, and he'd be like, if anybody calls, tell him I'm in the bathroom. I was like, sure. yeah, I got you. In exchange for this, <laughs> I created what was called a Mets Pass, which was I wrote out, I had him, uh, or I typed out on a piece of paper, or I typed out on the computer, please excuse blank line, mm-hmm. during times blank line, on date blank line, for uh, a TV production, to assist in a TV production class. And then he signed it in blue pen and we photocopied these things. And for like a good half a semester, I ran Council Rock. If you needed to get out of a test, you were like, go find Jared because he can get you out. And I would give these forged passes out to get people out of class. It was amazing. 
So anyway, I'm putting this project together and I was working at Sesame Place at the time, which is a mm -hmm. part for Sesame Street, which was in Pennsylvania as well. And a, because of where Sesame Place was located, 90% of those kids went to a completely different school district. Anyway, I was dating a girl from that school and I was explaining to everybody this system I had at my school. And they said, Jared, you would never be able to pull that off at our school. I said, what do you mean? They're like, our school is locked down. You have, you have hall monitors, teachers, hall monitors on every corner of the school checking passes. Nobody can cut class. Everything is verified. And I was like, yeah, but I mean, but I could do it. Like I, I had a very Ferris, Buell, Ferris Bueller's vibe when I was younger. Uh -huh. I was like, yeah, but I could do it. And they're like, no, Jared, like you're good, but you're not that good. And I was like, guys, don't test me. Don't test me to do something because I'll do it. And they dared me. So I had my teacher reach out to our principal and it turned out that our principal played golf with the principal of that school district. Okay. And my teacher explained to the principal what my project was on. He was like, interesting. I was like, really what I'm looking for is, do you know of another school district that doesn't have graduation projects? So I can interview some of the students from that school to see how their stress level is compared to the students I'm already reviewing at ours. Okay. And it was like inception. Like I put the name of the district and he was like, what about this district? Like, that's amazing. I know a number of people there. Didn't tell fucking any of them. So one day I was excused from school entirely. It was like a Tuesday. I get six bags worth of film equipment from my school. I get two friends of mine from my school out of class that day to go with me. We walk into their school district. They give us an entire room to ourselves. And 19 kids who I worked with at Sesame Place, including my girlfriend, receive a pass as they come into homework that day. Please excuse your name during these times exactly. for an independent study for Jared Stern. And they uh -huh. walk in and as they walk in, I have Doritos, I have soda, I have food <laughs> with cameras laid out. And they're like, Jared, I was like, how's it going guys? Let's do this. And they're like, what the fuck? So for like three hours, we sat around and did nothing. We set up cameras to pretend like we were filming something. <laughs> they were all theater kids, right? So it was like a, it was like a panel of kids. I was sitting behind the camera. I got to find this footage just to show you that I like, and all of this is on camera. And at one point we're talking and I'm just interviewing them about anything. They're telling me about a party they had over the weekend where it was a pool party. Nobody was home. And two girls were talking about showering together. Oh, well, hello there. And as they were talking about showering together, this this kid who I know, who I knew from years ago, Andrew, um, uh, great guy, Andrew's describing the scenario to me. Him and I had worked doing murder mystery together. So we knew each other's kind of like timing. And he's talking, he's like, no, you don't even understand. These two girls were in the shower and like we were watching and all of a sudden I saw his eyes, just his eyebrows flip for a second. And I hear a door open behind and he goes, ah, oh, it was amazing. He's like, no, 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 it was incredible. And I said, well, as incredible as that might be. And I just immediately cut him off. I said, let's redirect the conversation back to the original point. Obviously there are a number of great things here for this school. You were just talking about some of the incredible things. What do you think is causing the most amount of stress? And see, the principal walked in behind uh -huh. me and seamlessly we all flipped on a dime. I have this on tape, this entire shift of energy. Anyway, I end up doing the entire project. I get like an A plus for something and I just piecemealed this thing together. But yes, my, and my, my parents to this day are, livid with me. I can't believe you did your graduation project on how you shouldn't have to do a graduation project yeah. and got an A on it. And I was like, yeah, that's what I do. So I, I don't have a story like that, but I do have a similar experience from college. Oh, okay. So my college career, not a continuous flow. It was not a continuous flow. It was the best six and a half years spread out <laughs> over nine of my life. <laughs> it's a good joke. And <laughs> And during my junior year, I got a job in radio. 
I got a right. job. Yeah. And so DC 101, I, if I at, recall. DC, at, at DC 101. Right. And so I stopped going to classes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Because you had and your dream job. Fuck school. Why do I need to bother going? Why to do these idiots go to school when this Jared Stearns already has got his dream job? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I didn't. I didn't tell my parents and, <laughs> or, or anybody else about the fact that I decided to stop going uh, to class after midterms. And, <laughs> and as a result, I was getting ready to fail my entire, the entire yeah. slate of classes. So luckily, uh, I was going to school at a time when computers were just starting to be used as like the main way to do things yeah like to register for classes at the university of maryland when i was going we had something called mars mm -hmm. which was the maryland automated registration system which you did over the phone not over a cell yep. phone mm -hmm. over a landline yeah you pushed numbers and that's how you registered for your classes and so I, I was like, my parents were like, well, what the hell are you going to do? You're getting ready to like, you're going to fail all your classes. Like, yeah. and I was like, well, I basically decided to come at this from the view of no sane person would have done what I did. <laughs> I dropped these classes. This must be a computer glitch. The insanity defense. I completely. So yeah. I, and I, 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 I went about making this argument yeah. to, to the school. Listen, I, there's who in their right mind would stop going to classes after midterms? <laughs> it sounds like something I would do. I, dro <laughs> I, I, I dropped all these classes. And so, yeah, I got four Fs turned into incompletes. That a kid. That's, that's and, what I'm talking about. And yeah, so ta-da. <laughs> when, when I transferred, so I started going to Kutztown University for two years. That's where I met Val. And then I transferred to University of the Arts because I was like, I want a degree I can absolutely do nothing with. Like right, a, sure. a theater like degree, a BA in theater from Kutztown. No, I'd much rather have a BFA in theater arts from university, like whatever. But when I transferred over, I have so many of these electives that are not transferring over. They need to transfer over into something. I need to make up some time in the school. So I managed to sell like, um, what is it? Asian history as a writing class. I mean, I really managed to nickel in, but I had like 12 credits shy to graduate. I just needed 12 credits to drive, 12 gen ed credits to graduate. So I was working for a murder mystery company at the time. And I was running. So first of all, there was a rule at the theater conservatory. You weren't allowed to act outside of the theater conservatory. So I was acting under the name Jared Ryan, even oh. instead of Jared Stern. Right. So um, I was like, so I'm running these programs. I'm helping to produce the shows. I'm helping to run every one of the shows. And I was like, I'm doing a whole ass job here. Wonder if I, I could sell this. For that. Yeah. Wonder if I could sell this as an internship. Yeah, sure. So <laughs> I applied for the internship, but I told them <laughs> that my superior's name was Ryan Connors, which is my middle name and my brother's first name. <laughs> I actually know a guy named Ryan Connor. I, I think I think we both know Ryan Connors because I think I performed with him out here and he knew you, but that's a whole oh, other was, story. Was he, was he that's why it was so fucking funny that I ran into my fake name. Anyway. That's funny. So the absurd part about it is not that I managed to get the credits for it, but I was my own supervisor. So <laughs> I had to talk to my teacher about me. So he called me and he's like, um, so how's Jared doing? And I was like, 
you know, Jared's a really great kid, a lot of initiative, can be a little bit spacey at times. Uh, I think a little bit more attention to detail, but he has a lot of passion. So I gave him my own criticism about me. Nice. And then he gave me my criticism and changed it. I guess he was working in some of his own issues with me, but he's like, yeah, he also said that maybe a little bit of punctuality, uh, punctual, because I was late to class a lot. Uh-huh, sure. And I was like, in my head, I was like, I never fucking said anything about punctuality. <laughs> in fact, I made a point of me being very much on time. But at, at any point, did you uh, claim that you were Abe Froman, the sausage king of Chicago? <laughs> no, but I mean, everything I did was very Ferris Mueller. Anyway, I, I I got the credit. I think my I think my parents were both frustrated and impressed because it was yeah. a very expensive school. That's that is exactly it's what yeah. My, my parents were both like, "All right, that's great, you did that, but please don't ever do that again." Um, right, but like, here's the problem: like, whether it's you doing that for you or me doing that for me, I continue to reinforce to people how good it is that you and I have a strong moral code. Because without a strong moral code, these skill sets turn us into people be like used for evil. the yes. fire festival guy, the whole Trump <laughs> movement. Like that's all this is, is just taking charm and spinning bullshit. And, you know, that's why it's benign narcissism, benign okay. narcissism. Correct. You know what I always find amazing? Oh, there he is. We okay. always come up with something to talk about. None of this was in the back of my head for no, today. Certainly wasn't on mine. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, welcome to the show. The one. And not the only Jared Stern, the third most frequent Jared Stern on this podcast, on yes. this podcast. How are there you? He sir? Is. What's up, Jared? Hello, Jared. And hello, Jared. <laughs> I, we were just saying you are now the third most frequent Jared Stern on this podcast. <laughs> All right. I'll take it. Which ranks somewhere up there to having a blockbuster movie being released at the same time, right? It's, it's, it's close. This is a bigger deal. I'm not gonna... <laughs> This is a much bigger deal. Um, by the way, I've been doing a lot of interviews lately for the movies, so I'm going to be so much better now than I was the last couple of times. That cool. I was I'm, I'm glad you've had a chance to practice. Yeah. Uh, f- first of all, Mazel Tov. Oh, yeah. Uh, I- I'm sure it's amazing to finally have this thing uh, in the shoot and ready to come out at any moment. How has the promotional blitz been and how happy are you that this has finally uh, come to fruition? I'm super nervous. Uh, uh, and nervous? I'm just... I'm anxious. I just kind of want it uh, to be over. It's been too, you know, you work on something. I mean, anything uh, you guys do stand up and it's like, you get instant, you go out there and either they laugh or they don't. And you make right. an animated movie and it takes four years. I pitched it 10 years ago. So it's a lot of buildup. So <laughs> I, hope, I hope people like it, but, uh, but no, it's been, it's been fun. We had a, a screening for, uh, for kids uh, at the Grove in LA for, for oh, local cool. LA oh, kids. That's great. The actors all came to that was really fun to just watch it with with uh, the, the people who we made it for and then we had, we had a screening for the crew uh so that was fun too for them to get to see all their hard work work paid off so um, i yeah. wouldn't worry too much i would say like in the stand-up world there are certain like things that you can do to guarantee that you're going to get somewhat of a laugh like impressions like even a bad impression is still going to go over well like you got an animated show four kids with an all-star cast a familiar concept like like this thing's almost too well done conceptually to fail at this point i've got the rock and cute dogs and Susan yeah and like yeah right come screw, on. if i screw this up it'll be impressive but um, <laughs> yeah at this point yeah. kevin hart and the rock could probably you know carry an entire animated movie about campbell's soup like there's really not much that they're going to fail on at this point just on charisma okay. alone yeah 
That's actually my next. I didn't. I, I, I'm not really supposed to talk about it, but um, cream of mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's called cans with a Z. It's just the secret life of of, of the soup shelf at, at your local grocery store. I, I I can't turn on the TV these days and not see some permutation of yeah. The Rock, Kevin Hart, or Keanu Reeves just somewhere talking about this movie. So you guys have definitely spared no expense when it comes to the promotional budget. I personally yeah. haven't heard anything about this. Is Keanu Reeves in the movie? I've never, <laughs> it's never been expressed to me. Otherwise, I'm, I'm coming into this blind. Keanu Reeves is in it? You're so careful about not spoiling things. <laughs> yeah, no, they're really going all out to promote it, which is exciting. When you make something, you know, you hope it doesn't get lost. There's so much stuff. I've worked on things where I'm like, oh, yeah. I just wish that more people knew about this. This one I'm not embarrassed about. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's been nice to see that they're they're really getting it out there in the world. And it has nothing to do with me and everything to do with yeah, <laughs> By the way, and Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart. Little callback to before, um, my, my girlfriend's seven-year-old, we were going through your movies and she was like, what else has he done? And I was like, what else have I done? When you tell your friends, <laughs> I am the one who wrote and directed these. Just for what else has he done? And she goes, he did Mr. Popper's Penguins. Like she was so excited by it. So there are fans yeah. out there. There are fans. Yeah. You, fans of you guys. I mean, you did it. It's in the name. So right? I say take all the credit. We were joking about the, the Campbell Soup movie, but what, what is next on the uh, on the horizon for you? I really don't know. We'll see how this movie does if we get to make more stuff in this world, which would be fun. Um, and as a uh, producer, I've got a couple more uh, stuff like this. I've got a movie called Toto, uh, which is the, the story oh, right. of the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, the story of the Wizard of Oz, but from the point of view of the dog. I can't awesome. get away from the dog. Um, but that's really fun. And so that's just getting started up. And, uh, and then I'm also producing a cat in the hat movie at Warner brothers, uh, animated, animated. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that'll be great. There's some really good directors on that. And, uh, yeah, so those are, those are the two things I have as a producer, but in terms of what I'm writing or directing, I'm just kind of in my first break in, in years, I just, uh, took like a month off and, and it was wonderful. And then, uh, my wife, who's far more talented than I am, uh, is about to go shoot a pilot that she's creating. Uh, so I'm going to go support her for uh, nice. For- change yes and i hope she that it, it it's going to be awesome and it, it should be huge and and then i will just happily stay home uh, for the rest of my life <laughs> it's the dream it's the dream um for those people who are unfamiliar with maybe the production side of an animated feature what is the difference between being like say a writer director on a feature like that and a more of like a producer role like what would your role as a producer for those things be sure yeah um you know uh writer director you're uh, you're the one who's like hands-on, you're shaping it, you're like the storyteller in chief and uh, and it's your baby. Um, in the case of those movies, I'm a producer where, you know, either, either me or, or someone who I work with uh, had the idea or found something mm-hmm. and brought it to the studio and helped shape it or we help oversee it. And we just kind of give notes here and there throughout the way. And, um, and there's different you know, sort of levels of producer interaction. There's people that are, you know, hands-on every day getting the movie made. And then there's people that are just sort of supportive and come in and yeah. so that's kind of uh, where I'm at on, on those two. Do you have a preference, like from a creative standpoint? I like to do as little hard work as possible. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was asking. You know, it's funny. We were just talking about <laughs> we were, yeah. different ways to shirk responsibility in all ways, shapes, and form. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so I think the producer thing is pretty good, but but uh, but then it it can be frustrating too because you're not in it and you go, yeah. oh, I wish I could, I know I could do more here, and I, but I don't really, I, it's not my place, right? I don't uh, have the ability on this one, so it can get when when you've had it the other way, it can get a little bit frustrating. Uh, but it can also be delightful because you get you get to just walk away, or you know, throughout the the years of making Super Pets, sometimes we'd hire a writer who would come in just to help us for a week or two weeks yeah. and it'd be great. And they'd have all these good ideas. Uh, and, um, and then, but, but like you try to, we tell them all the things that we're doing with, well, we have this production technique. We, we can't afford to do that. We can't do this. But they don't have to worry about any of that. They're like, well, this would be funny and this would be emotional and cool. I hope you can do it. If you can't, sorry, see it. Uh, and they just get to walk away. And I was like, oh, that's uh, not in the dick way. They, that's just, yeah. that's, that's their job. They just come in to help. And I would be oftentimes jealous because I've done that in the past. And I was just like, oh, they get to just go now. <laughs> and I'm still here. So writers can be brought on just for like a week, just to pitch ideas. And that's, and that's it. They're like, Hey, this is what I got that could possibly happen. And then you guys go ahead and do it. And I'll be, I'll be collecting a check. Thank you very much. That's, that's. Yeah. That's I mean, ultimately, sometimes they'll come on and, act, and, and actually write, you know, they might write dialogue, they might write scenes. Uh, sometimes they come on just to kind of pitch ideas on things. Uh, sometimes there's round tables on movies I've done where you go in for one day, you watch the movie or uh, if it's doing reshoots or if it's animated and you're, you can keep fixing it. Um, or it might just be in the script phase and a group of writers, kind of like a TV writer's room, all get together and just pitch ideas from broader to they could just oftentimes they're punch up, just you just go through the script pitching jokes. And sure. uh, so, yeah, it could just be one day, it could be a week or two, or it could be a full polish or rewrite. Um, let me throw this out there too. If you are ever, ever in a situation where let's say there's a fragility of ego within the room or the production team, and, and you really want to push a concept, but you don't feel comfortable do it, feel free to bring me on as a writer for a week. I'll come in. <laughs> I'll be Ryan Connors. I don't even need to be Jared Stern. I can come in, just throw the ideas your way. And you can be like, oh, that's not, that's actually not a bad, let's pay him three grand. Let's, let's kick that idea that that guy, that not me, that guy came up with. <laughs> more than happy to do it for you just as a friend for the money but as a friend as well I'm, I'm what we're saying happy. is we're happy to be jared stearns by proxy there it is i like this it's like the front right uh yeah. when there were guys that were blacklisted except i'm just gonna have and there are rumors of writers all, all the time that uh you know or, or people composers that have like you know they're the name but they're actually farming it out to some other people but yeah. in my case i'd be farming it out to other jared stern so you, you couldn't really they couldn't say like this guy's not doing the work i you, you i told you you were getting jared stern you got jared stern yeah. the paper trail would be impossible to track i mean <laughs> there would be no uh what is it what's it when you lie on a court stand um oh god perjury? there'd be no perjury of the witness who yeah. wrote this script jared stern did exactly. you write this script? As I've told you a number of times, Jared, Jared Stern, Stern wrote yeah. this script. Sometimes <laughs> I like to refer to myself in the third person. Yes. By the way, in those writers' rooms, when you do the punch up, there's only one rule that you you have to follow. What's that? Never go backwards. So, like, if you're moving through, you go in order, and you're moving through the script, and let's say you're on page sixty-two, and then you, and whenever somebody goes, "Oh, sorry, guys, uh, just something back on 38, everyone will hate you. Like, <laughs> no. We are on 62. We are moving forward. Do not take us back to do you, do you? Can you wrap back around on the script or is it just you get one pass and done? I mean, if you're the people in charge, you can do whatever you want. Right. Like, you can be there for that day. But if you're one of the guests that are there and everyone else is like, listen, we just got to get to lunch. Uh, right. <laughs> you, get like, you get like three lifelines where it's like, guys, let's, what if we do a flashback? Hear me out. We're going to do a flashback <laughs> back to page 16 and uh, just punch up the slide. By the way, I I don't know if you've been keeping track of the show at all, uh, other than the shows you've been on, 
but the floodgates have opened yeah. and we have found so many more Jared Stearns that have just kind of popped up through different portals. We've talked to uh, a Jared Stern who lives in Australia. We've talked to a private investigator, Jared Stern. We just spoke to a, a Jared Stern who's a dancer at the Martha Graham School. And I was just telling, I was just telling him I have another one on the hook that I found on Instagram who's a, a student studying, he's studying to be a clinical psychologist who can analyze all of this ridiculousness. But uh, our original theory when we first met you is still sound. We are the least successful Jared Stearns, regardless of the age or industry. But I think we're up to like six. We're, we're going to put together a family feud crew and just go on and try and just all be Jared Stearns at this point. I mean, first of all, you were talking about superhero movies. This feels very much like the multiverse. So yeah, no, that's exactly yeah. what this is. This is our and, own personal multiverse. And I feel like eventually you guys are going to find someone far less successful than you. <laughs> Yeah. We've gone and, young he, and we haven't pulled it off yet. Yeah, basically everyone, every other Jared Stern we've spoken to has achieved their dream or have yeah. like have some measure of, of, of high, some high level of success. So yeah, we're still scraping <laughs> the bottom of the barrel here. Like this podcast is the most we've done. <laughs> it's, it's not not true. I mean... <laughs> I think that now though your podcast has a drive and it's a kind of a fascinating drive to, I mean, I don't, I don't actually think it's true what you guys are saying, but I do think it's a fun <laughs> ongoing storyline. Yeah. Just, sure. Will you please come on our show <laughs> and please be just, can your life be a mess? We're just praying that your life is a mess and you keep get, getting disappointed that just no, everyone's got their shit together. Yeah. Well, what we're, what we're just kind of banking on is, well, first of all, we need to find people who even accept the invitation in the first place, mm -hmm. but that, some, but that they'll be so like struck by, well, this is a really weird, unique, like who gets told that two, two guys have the same name as I do. And like, please come on a, on a podcast and talk about it. Like all of a sudden, even if they're the most mundane Jared Stern, you could possibly think of, even if, even if they're not the director of a major animated uh, movie, they have, they now seem, they're now important just by their name. Well, here's an interesting thought. What if there's something like, you know, people believe in the horoscope. My wife is big into, you know, you're a cancer. That means this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I'm always like, really? Cause like, I, I feel like a lot of people that are born around me, like are going to be very different than I am. Mm -hmm. You know, uh -huh. I don't think John Quincy Adams and I are that. Similar <laughs> but, um, but then she'll sort of say stuff and I'm like, oh, that kind of is true. That person is sort of sensitive like me. Uh, and yeah, my grandma and my dad are both cancers. So anyway, what if you're finding that all these Jared Stearns have achieved some, some success and, and uh, are, are living their dreams? Maybe this should be hopeful for you guys because it's just a trait of all Jared Stearns. Right, and sure. We'll get there eventually. Right. Yeah, it's coming. So it should just it should actually, and then it'll become a self-fulfilling process. You're seeing all that and being successful. And in fact, this uh, podcast has become a success. And then uh, it will get only more and more success for you as a Jared Stern. Well, I, 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 I certainly like that take on it. <laughs> it makes me feel a lot better about where we are. But, uh, but yeah, no, this podcast is very much aspirational. We, we find uh, other Jared Stearns who are doing a hell of a lot better. And we're like, you know what? We can, we can shoot for that. I think what we've learned is our tolerance for work is much lower than other people's because like the whole, whether it was the first season or first season, we kind of got to know each other. Second season was like, we've got to get this director, Jared Stern. And then it took like, no time at all to get like it, it took nothing it was just like yeah I'll do it. And we were like well that I was it i should have played harder to get because i, <laughs> yeah, I guess. known it would have been i'm a storyteller i should have known that it right. would have been a more fun story a little, a little beautiful you've been on three times we love you as a person but a little anticlimactic for the storyline but then like the waterfall has occurred and 
we were like, okay, let's see if we can get another Jared Stern. And then we've gotten like four of them. So it seems like the story that's being told of this podcast is even if we put the slightest amount of effort into something, it will happen quite easily. And maybe the fault in our lack of success has been with us the whole time. Maybe we're our own worst enemies. I will say, though, my wife will, will constantly ask me why I'm always sitting on the couch. And my answer to her is opportunities can't fall in your lap if you're not sitting down. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's well said. Yeah. Uh, have you guys, have you searched for the, the guy named Jared Paul Stern? The Maxim guy. Uh, yes, uh, yeah. I've, I've, I've tried to get to him in, in various different ways. I think the last time I sent him a message was uh, via LinkedIn. I don't think he's, I don't think he's interested, unfortunately. I mean, he's the next big fish after you. So we're, we're hoping we can grab him. Maybe he'll be the season four finale if we can finally grind him down into uh He's an interesting character. I don't know him. He always wears a fedora. Mm -hmm. Yeah, He's the Jared Stern that I was always fascinated with growing up. He wrote for page six in the New York Post. And uh, maybe, maybe, um, maybe you could get the private investigator Jared Stern to help us track down. uh, (laughs) Like where he lives and we can just show up and like do like a say anything, just hold the boom box (laughs) in front of his estate. Sure. You want to talk about a missed opportunity for an episode. We had him on and, you know, we got to know him like 55 years old, good guy, but like a little timid about the amount of information he wants to put out there, right? Yeah, he works in, you know, defense. He's... But we asked him a pretty simple question, which was, so two guys with your name reached out to you to invite you onto a podcast. You are a private investigator, investigator with military background, counterintelligence. You had to have looked us up to make sure that we were legit. What'd you find? And his response was, I was going to, but then I didn't. And we were like, well, <laughs> I got about 15 minutes to kill because that was, that was going to be about 15 minutes of this conversation. By the way, I take it back now. They're not all overachievers. This guy sounds like total uh, couch material. <laughs> so obviously you said that you're taking a little bit of a break from things, but you always have to have something in the back of your head. I don't know if we've asked you this like over the past couple of, but like, have you had like a dream project? And you don't need to go into details if you don't want, because like people... People listen to this podcast, like Not many, big, but, but big names. So I don't want just, like somebody to steal your idea and take it. But like for the 40 people who listen to this regularly, like, <laughs> if you had a dream project that you could put together, is there like a genre maybe or something that you wanted to do? Uh, yeah, I mean, my favorite genre that I'd love to uh, direct a film in, or it's not really a genre, but like just a type of movie. And uh, you guys probably grew up watching the same ones. Like I love Back to the Future, Ghostbuster. Mm, yeah. I love movies that are... Um, for everyone yeah. that uh, are grounded and funny with people being funny in real ways, but something kind of insane is happening like time travel or ghosts. So those are my, that's my favorite sort of arena that I'd love to play. And if I got to do, uh, you know, a live action movie as a director um, and uh, yeah, I've, I've got a couple of things that I've sold in the past that are like stalled out where I wrote a script that I love and they're just sort of hanging at a place because you know how things are now. Like I wrote something in, let's just say one of those universes that I just mentioned and I love it, but uh, it's, you know, I had another movie came out in, in, in that universe and I had to wait and see how that one did. And then yeah. 
and then they had to wait a few years and then they did another one and that one did good but now they're gonna do another one okay when can i do the one that i have one just sitting there that's my one of my dream things and so i'm i'm constantly there's nothing i can do about it i just have to sort of wait and see if there's a moment in the ip zeitgeist where i and where it's all worked out at the studio there's all these things that have nothing to do with my particular movie and like when the studio finally feels like we're good with this then i could go hey how about my thing um, so that's my dream one that's just sitting there and it's frustrating because it has, it's just so many weird variables that control, yeah. like I've had these fun things with, with the stuff that I've worked on that haven't moved forward that I love on, on a few of them. I, someone who I love read it and then, uh, and told me that they thought it was good. And mm-hmm. so even though I haven't got to make it, it's just like, like, I, I wish you had that validation. Yeah. So like I wrote a movie uh, called home movies about a guy who's able to kind of relive his life through his old home movies. Mm-hmm. and. Um, and it was based on an idea that I can't remember if it was his or brought to him, but of Steven Spielberg's and, uh, cause he loves home movies himself of his own, own home movies. I think there's like, I think JJ Abrams and Matt Reeves, when they were kids cataloged Spielberg's home movies, that's how they met. Oh, really? Cool. Don't hold me to that, but I think that's a true story. <laughs> uh, so, but he liked my, I, the script, this movie never got made, but he liked my script. And so I was like, all right, it didn't get made, but like, really, does it matter? Like, who's going to, who's, who do I care more about what they think of it than that person right there? Yeah. So it doesn't really matter if it got made. Um, and uh, yeah, so those, those were really somewhat saves. From a directorial and professional producer point of view, how do you feel about these popular movies in the genre you're talking about? being converted to Broadway musicals. I'm sure you heard that Back to the Future is coming to Broadway, starring John Malkovich and Tom Holland. Really? No, but it's such a good casting that you thought it for a second, (laughs) didn't you? I came up with that 10 seconds ago. It is going to Broadway, but tell me you wouldn't want to see a Broadway musical with Tom Holland and John Malkovich doing that. I'm in. I'd buy that ticket. But it is going to Broadway. How do you feel about the whole, like, we can't reboot it on movies because people don't care people get pissed but we'll throw it into a musical i really feel like there's no rules there there's just no rules like there's things that sound bad you know on yeah. paper and so my knee-jerk reaction would be like really i love this thing it's precious to me um and you know i'm dealing with that with super pets there's people who love the crypto cartoon from you know <laughs> ago that when they were like the perfect age for that yep, right. um, and so that's you know that might be how we feel about back to the future um and so we're like oh musical really but like you know, my, my friend did the Beetlejuice musical and that didn't seem like an obvious thing. And it was awesome. Yeah. So uh, I think, you know, uh, I've worked with Lord and Miller a lot. They're always taking ideas that sound like, really, that's an idea. Think about Lego bricks or. Uh, did you say you worked with Lord and Miller a lot? This guy's awesome. <laughs> How have we not talked about name drop more? Can you please name drop more on this podcast? <laughs> more than Steven Spielberg? Uh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> so I was, uh, I was with, um, uh, Prince Harry the other day and, <laughs> um, up in Montecito. No, uh, but those those guys also like they're they to me. And maybe it's a bad thing because they're so brilliant that they've been able to take things that sound like terrible ideas and make them great. So lots yeah. of people, including myself, go, "I can do that. I can take this dumb, you know, little green eggs and ham book, and maybe I can turn it into something good." Like I was always like, "I, I can do it." Um, and so I believe that. And when I, I, now, whenever anyone pitches me anything, I go, "It could be great if you get the right people and it yeah. comes together." A sure. back to the future musical that could be awesome. So I and I root for it. I root for it to be awesome, um, especially because now I read a lot of tweets, which I shouldn't. They're just oh. like, bad <laughs> idea. Why are you touching? Yeah, Don't mess up. Off Twitter. Yeah. It's I Twitter, everyone's mean. And then like at all the other places, everyone's nice. You know, yeah. like 
Instagram is like, look, I'm having fun on vacation. And YouTube is just people who watch like a trailer and almost always go, this seems fun. Yeah. And then Twitter is everyone's miserable and angry. Well, uh, and it's also because it's the written word. It's so subjective, right? So you cannot interpret tone through the message. So, you know, my mom and my sister were pissed at each other for years and I couldn't figure it out until I looked at my mom's text messages and my sister would be like, hey, um, uh, do you mind if I come over and borrow whatever? And she would be like, fine, period. And I was like, why do you sound so mad? She's like, mad. I said, fine. So <laughs> you put a period after it. She said, well, it was the end of the statement. Yeah, that's the end of the sentence. I was like, you, you don't text anymore. Do not text each other. Just call each other. Your relationship's going to be fine. This, this though, I, this is going to change my relationship to Twitter because from now on, I'm just going to read all negative tweets, <laughs> right? sarcasm, just a little bit like this movie was garbage. Wink. I love <laughs> right. it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So I, I'm actually really happy you're on the podcast because since we've talked last, um, I've reconnected with a college ex-girlfriend of mine. We're now living together, but she has a seven-year-old. And so for the past like three and a half months, I have been introduced to such a wide array of animated shows that are geared entirely towards this generation, which are fucking amazing. Like these shows are absolutely brilliant. So I'm going to throw a couple of names your way just to kind of get your reactions to them to see what your take is on it. I'm about midway through season two of Steven Universe, which is brilliant on so many levels. Bluey, which might be one of the best like Disney animated shows I've ever seen. Uh, what is it? Um, Amphibia. But my curiosity for you is, do you pull from any of this type of like, because what I like about your work is it's so accessible by so many people. You know, I, I've watched the Lego Batman movie with her and what she laughs at, I laugh at, but she doesn't get the things that she's not supposed to laugh at yet that I do, which is where I think the mark of, you know, the talent comes from. So do you have an opinion on this kind of generation of um, animated TV coming? I mean, there's so much good stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I watched Maya and the Three, uh, mm. like that. CB's just came out on Netflix. My friend Chris Williams did that really good. And all the shows that you mentioned are amazing. Uh, there's just a lot of great stuff. I, yeah, I watch like a little bit of other family stuff when just, I have a moment yeah. or I, I just really am curious and I want to stay up on it. But I also, not even just family stuff, but scripted stuff in general. Sometimes uh, my wife and I get so, like we spend all day making yeah. scripted stuff that at the end of the day, we're like, so Southern charm, <laughs> real house. Oh, what's your, what's your garbage? What's your, what's your, uh, what's your junk food TV? Pretty much like all Bravo. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, Real Housewives. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been going deep. We we got into Real Housewives Ultimate Girl Trip. Uh, okay. We uh, yeah, Southern Charm. I love. Um, Ninety Day Fiance. Have you gone Van down that rabbit hole? Vanderpump Rules. Ninety Day Fiance. We've watched that one. I think is makes me feel too gross. I I've right. <laughs> I've, I can't I can't do it. Um, that one, uh, yeah. I I've some, I didn't think there was a low for me, but <laughs> that was it. My wife is is addicted to Below Deck. That is which, her. Uh, which is not the animated Star Trek show, which I thought for like seven no, that's, episodes. That's the Lower Decks. That's or, Lower Decks, yeah. which is also good. Um, Below Deck is the is the sailing one. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's where, where they charter yachts to. The, the mega rich and basically it just shows how this crew has to deal with these with these charted assholes episode in and episode out and yeah and then they just get drunk and and have sex with each other and it's 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 a fabulous show i mean i didn't realize the, it was that good the, i'm gonna check it out now that sounds, yeah. that sounds turn good. your brain off and enjoy and it's the law and order of the bravo verse because you don't really yeah. need to follow any kind mm. of Story, ongoing storyline like it, they're uh it's episodic like it's, it's a new, gotcha. new 
new uh, group of people come on the cruise each uh, each episode or every uh, every other. So you uh, so you could just pop in and have fun. Yeah, and and much like Law and Order, there's like five different versions of it. There's like below deck Mediterranean. There's below deck oh. sailing yacht. There's below deck uh, down under. So there's like five or six different types of below deck for all. Of and and also someone uh, also someone gets murdered at the beginning. I was going to say, I'm glad that that's the similarity because it's very similar to Law and Order. Somebody dies each episode. <laughs> Um, my wife was uh, in an episode of CSI Miami and she she got killed, her character. She was like a girl gone wild on spring break. Uh, this was many years ago. And um, uh, not that she's super old now, but I just also trying to say that I'm not dating a 12 year old. Um, and uh, she, uh, <laughs> so, anyway, she, yeah, she's a, a dead body and um, on CSI and you flash back to see her, see her live. Well, and I, I can't remember. Have we talked since you got married? Because I think you were getting married right after we talked the last time. I can't remember where. Well, you just gotten back for your honeymoon or something. Maybe something like that. Could be. Could be. But How's I, married life treating you? Yeah. You like it? Rough guys. You know, there's a, just saying. Um, there's always divorce. It's always good to get that first divorce out of the way quickly. All right. <laughs> uh, no. So it's uh, we we were together for almost 15 years before we got married. So uh, it's very very not different. It's just yeah. Uh, you, you had that dry run and you're like, well, why not just put a ring on it? Are you sure that you aren't, weren't already married? Isn't there like a law in the book saying that if you coincide in the so, same domicile for like seven years, you become like a legally binding union? Yeah, a common law marriage. Common law, law yeah. something like that? That may be, I have So no you idea. hit common law and you were like, <laughs> all right, if we can do this again for another seven years, then we can put on the table. Once you hit double common law, then you put on the table <laughs> <laughs> the potential for actual marriage. By the way, Common Law, also a great show. Uh, they have Common Law Miami, <laughs> Common Law Chicago. There's um, so many shows there for a second. I, I was like, yep, that's probably the <laughs> Well, Jared, thank you so much uh, again for, for indulging us. We really do appreciate you taking the time out of your... I, I, I know you don't think it's it, it's probably that busy a schedule, but thank you for taking the time to yeah. talk to us. It really, it, it, it really means a lot. It's my pleasure. I love you guys. I love talking to you. I love always having a story to tell people that uh, <laughs> the podcast, that, first of all, the name of the podcast is amazing and that I was on it with you guys. Uh, so I thank you for the story. I thank you for the time. It was just fun always hanging out with you. Uh, and and um, and I apologize because I sold myself at the beginning. Is like, oh, I've got so much more media training now from the five interviews that I've done <laughs> for DC League of Super Pets in theaters, uh, July 29th. That's right, uh, get the plug-in. I've... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I didn't really get much better at this. I apologize, but, but we uh, don't. We don't fun. want what everyone else is getting. Everybody right. else is getting like the polished. We want to know what versions of the Bravo shows you're watching privately with your wife at home. That's what the listeners who are listening tune in to listen for. I will yeah. bring it back to my movie and tell you that uh, uh, Vanessa Bayer is a huge fan of all those Bravo shows. Yeah, you know because she's on uh, Watch What Happens Live, which is like the sort of post game show for Bravo. Um, uh, and uh, anyway, every time I would record her voice for the movie, she plays PB the pig in uh, Wonder Woman's pig. Uh, I would annoy my producer because I would just spend like a solid 20 minutes being like, okay, did you see this week's Salt Lake City? We love Vanessa because we love any major celebrity who uses our name in a you know network television setting without context specifically about it being you. I was telling Jared, between the two of us, Jared's been has a group of friends he's had for many years. He's been with Andrea for years. I, I'm a little bit more nomadic and bounce around. I kind of graduated high school and disappeared. And I'm telling you, every time you do something successful, every time somebody says the name, 
there are like at least a no, like there's a good number of people being like the fuck Jared's still like jumping on IMDb to make sure that it's not me. Um, and so that brief moment, a brief second when they're looking, that's where I shine. That's where I shine. <laughs> there's a, a producer, Jason Blum had a tweet the other day that like every now and then someone uh, mistakes me for having uh, been a producer of a movie and I, and, and it's a good enough movie that I just always go, Thank you. I appreciate it. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, he was probably talking about uh, Jordan Peele's new movie since he did his earlier ones. Uh, but then this guy who did the guy who wrote Secret Life of Pets uh, replied and said, that's how I feel about DC League of Super Pets. <laughs> uh, so uh, I was flattered that he isn't insulted that people keep thinking that it's uh, his movie. And uh, and yeah, so uh, I happily I, as long as the thing that's being talked about is good, uh, I'm happy to uh, share it with you guys. And then the three of us just have to and that private investigator, we just got to try to stay out of trouble because I don't want like the opposite. I get arrested for something terrible and then your all your friends from high school are calling. So let's all keep it together. We cannot have our name sullied because uh, we just gotta keep good stuff going. On. Why do you think we're collecting in a rogues gallery of Jared Stearns? It's, it's we're just going to start, you know, leasing them out to you to take a dive if you ever go down in the media jared stern notorious for, <laughs> ah, not that jared stern it's this australian jared stern no extradition treaty. I, re I remember anna nicole smith had this creepy lawyer named howard stern but yes and, yeah and like i feel like howard stern was not happy about that he kept <laughs> calling him howard k stern or whatever uh -huh. just right like, really different guy well this sounds like and uh just kind of going back to what you said you were your dream project would be something nice and grounded framed around something that completely ridiculous happens like a guy who realizes that he's trapped inside of his own personal multiverse and you can call it the league of jared stearns just putting it out <laughs> i love it <laughs> i haven't seen it yet but i'm going to be very 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 frustrated if i see what is it everything everywhere all at once and we're like god damn it that's what it should have like we're gonna watch this and be like is it just a hundred different is that the have you guys seen this movie yet? I've been I haven't yet, to see no. it for a while. No, I really want to see it. Um, I hear nothing but good things about it. I, I love this idea, and I also just think it's gonna be the funniest credits ever because it's <laughs> as Jared himself, Theron. as himself, as himself. Yes. <laughs> Shirley Theron as Jared Stern. <laughs> John as Jared Stern. Well, again, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And we can't wait to see the movie. Uh, yeah. Awesome. So everyone go check it out. DC League of Super Pets. It's in theaters. July 29th. So by the time this podcast comes out, it will be in theaters. Please go check it out. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you, Jared. And and there he goes. All right. And, cool. And just as suddenly he came into our lives, he was gone. He was gone. <laughs> oh, uh, boy. Well, you know what? I, I, I like that interview better than the last one we did, where I almost shit myself because I spoiled <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Oh, that was funny. But I mean, like now... I think I saw I saw this funny TikTok the other day where it was like how men become friends. And it was just like two guys who were walking down a hallway. They obviously live in the same building with each other. And it's like day one, they just kind of nod at each other as they go by. And then day two, they kind of like nod again at each other. And then day three, it's kind of like, hey, what's up? How's it going? And then by day four, they're like, yo, what's up? And they're kind of like hugging it. Like, you got a party going on this weekend? I got a party. And like by day six, they're living together. So sure. I feel like we've crossed the threshold with Jared. I feel like we're friends with Jared now. It's, it, it's Brad. It's, yeah. a pro it's a process and i feel like yeah by by the by the fourth or fifth time that we have him on all this subtle joking about doing something with him <laughs> may actually put a kernel in his head like, <laughs> i was wondering because like why the fuck not
Hey, everybody. Thanks for sticking your ears between two sterns. Please leave us a five-star review, even if it's a sarcastic one. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have an idea for the show? Or are you also Jared Stern? Shoot us an email. You can find links to everything at jaredstern.com. Oh, 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 oh,